Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Raindrops. Yes, so I finally got merch. That's right. You can buy your allegedly, and my boys, mugs, T-shirts, raindrops, hoodies, and T-shirts all on carloskingshop.com. That's right. Get your hoodies, your T-shirts, and your mugs all on carloskingshop.com. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. On today's episode of Reality with the King, obviously, we need to talk about this latest episode of the Kardashians on Hulu and another Avi. I'm not (laughs) going to do this episode solo because I am back with fan favorite Blue Toulousma to break it all down. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I love how I do my own hair ones. Yes. No, we have a producer named Sierra Spragley who does a sound effects. So Sierra, kick them sound effects, girl. <laughs> and I she's also it. a Blue Toulousma fan. She told me to tell you hello. She loves our mm-hmm. conversations together. So how are you, gorgeous? I'm doing well. I slept like a baby this weekend, so I feel exceptional. You told me that somebody said you look like an adult baby, too. Yeah, I don't know how to receive that. (laughs) It feels like a backhanded compliment. She's like, you look like an adult baby. And I was like, okay, Um, it's just my face. Uh, Thank you. She could have said baby face. It feels shady. She does not look like an adult baby. So maybe she was working through some feelings. Mm. So raindrops, let me know if that shade is somebody refers to you as you look like an adult baby. I mean, I have... Great skin. You have exceptional skin. <laughs> no, you you have unicorn, unicorn tears all over your face, Carmen. Not real. <laughs> Thank you, boo. So someone called me a dog, baby. I, look, I'm kind of vain. So I may take as a compliment like, oh, the skin is smooth like a baby's bottom. Yeah, but you're a man. There okay. just There's just so many other things you could say to a grown woman that, that she looks like. An adult baby just feels off. Although I will say, I want to know your skincare regimen when we get off. Okay, I'll tell you because I need for... I need to know. Some sponsors to sponsor this. But nonetheless, (laughs) we have to get into the latest episode of the Kardashians on Hulu. I would like to refer to this episode as Tristan's Apology Tour. That's literally what I wrote down in my notes. Oh, my (gasps) God. We are kindred. (gasps) Okay, see, this was meant to happen. That's literally what I wrote in my notes. Not Kendrick Lamar. We are kindred spirits. (laughs) Right. <laughs> For those of you who are, who are not well read, we met Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Good catch. Good no, catch. it was definitely like 
Tristan rented out a bus, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and he dropped off all the hoes he slept with. And, and I mean, oh. <laughs> allegedly. No shade. allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, co- allegedly. Um, and then he said, you know what? I'm going to drive this bus solo and I'm going to apologize to each of the Kardashian clan. So let's catch people up in case they did not catch this episode and need a little refresher. So as you all know, Tristan third trimester Thompson, as the neighborhood talk blog calls him, <laughs> he has cheated on Chloe numerous times and actually had a baby on her. Yep. Okay. And lied about the baby's paternity until he admitted to him being the father right before old girl had the baby. So he is living with Chloe because Tristan, who's a millionaire, house wasn't ready that he was renovating. And him and his brother, who is handicapped, Live with Chloe because his mother passed away and may she rest in peace. Yeah. So, Chloe has been taking care of Tristan, the brother, True, the new son, and this entire household. But now, Tristan has moved out, and Chloe said something in this episode that I want to get your take on Blue. She said, Look, although Tristan moved out, I made a promise to his mother. I'm so happy. Oh, we're the same person. I wanted to talk about this. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. She made a comment and said, although Tristan has moved out, I made a promise to his mother that I would still help and take care of them. I'm paraphrasing, but that's 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 essentially what she said. And I and as I was sitting on my couch eating my oatmeal blueberry flaxseed oil. Come through healthy king. Okay, come on. Like, I'm all about it, right? I literally gagged out an oat and could not finish the meal. What did you think about that statement, Blue? We're the same person. <laughs> we have the same title. That is my first note. That is, okay. Yeah, this is God showing off. Um, I was upset because when she said Tristan's mom, Andrea, left, you know, me in charge of a lot of Amari's care. And, you know, they knew that I would be the one. Wait a minute. The lady just met you and you you, you the bottom bitch. That, sorry, excuse my French. That his son is returning to after the other pose. Like, how did you? Wait, what? And so my first thought was, oh, so they're all in on this. Like, they, it's, it's a money grab, right? My, that was my first thought. Because in most, let's be honest, most Caribbean women are not leaving a random white woman. Uh, in care of their child unless she's filthy rich and has so many resources that that supersedes bloodlines, family, integrity, making sense, you know? So I just feel like this is another statement that accidentally proves that Chloe's a cash cow. Um, And all of her statements in the confessionals feel very rehearsed, almost as if they are in conjunction with the edits that they agree to. Like the storytelling was a little bit too heavy handed. And while they called me a baby face, I was also realizing he's aging her. Because that mug was cracked the entire episode. I was like, all this money, y'all ain't got no moisturizer? Like, he's a succubus. He's sucking the life spirit out of her body, and it's showing up on her face. I, I was not uh, a fan. She's not an adult baby. Well, no, this is <laughs> the thing that I will... Uh, listen, I think Chloe's still gorgeous. But what she I will, is. What I, so what is what moisturizer. I will, <laughs> 
Olive Ole or Neutrogena or one Jergens even. Something, please. Not Jergens. <laughs> something. That mug was cracked. She was stressed. She was stressing her out. Well, that's what I wanted to get into when you said that because, and I've said this before, um, I met Chloe. Malika is one of my good friends. I met Chloe through Malika, and Chloe is the sweetest, most down to earth, fun person in the world. I believe. I that. will say, for the past couple of years, I I haven't seen light in Chloe's eyes in a very long time. Yep. And I do feel sorry for her because I want her to realize her own worth. And we'll get into the Kylie and, and, and Courtney conversation of it all later, my, my beloved, because I fucks with Courtney hard body. Thank you. Like, full circle moment. Courtney's my favorite this, this episode. Who would have thunk it? Courtney's my favorite this season. And we'll, we'll do a deep dive into that. Oh, that's a little messy, Carl. That's a little messy. <laughs> I mean, Courtney is letting the girls have it, and I'm low key here for it. She's um, burning the house down from the inside. I told y'all. You did say that. So mm-hmm. the thing with 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 Chloe is you're right. He's a suscubus. He he is sucking the life out of her. She's not fun. And in my opinion, based on what started this episode, I do agree with you that the confessionals are rehearsed. Um, The Kardashians, let it be known, they have final edit. So they get to watch the episode, make changes and cuts before us, the audience, gets a chance to see it. So they approve all of the content. And what I discovered as I was watching this episode is this is setting up the reconciliation between Tristan and Chloe because I don't understand why any man, if that's not my man, and if that's not the man that I want to be with, and if that's not the man who I want to marry, you don't have to apologize to my siblings. You, You don't. Because I'm not invested in you having a relationship with them. So what did you think about the fact that this was a conversation that Tristan had with Chloe where he said, I feel the need to apologize to your sisters for my actions. Um, I felt like he was a ventriloquist dummy and that Chloe's hand was up his butt making the words come out. Um, wow. Great rehearsals. Beautiful gowns, guys. Beautiful gowns. Uh None of it felt authentic. I know that we're supposed to suspend reality with the Kardashians, but this pushed it really far even for them. Usually there's a certain level of fun where I can feel like they're ad-libbing. This felt like there was a teleprompter behind Chloe's head. like, And I felt like her, her mouth was probably mouthing the words to help him along. Um, that little baby voice in the stank walk, we'll, we'll get into that. I don't... Tristan's walk, honey. Um, I lived in D.C. for a long time. I have questions about that walk. But um... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so everybody's talking about in the previous duck episode... Walk? Mm-hmm. That we called him a city boy, but the way Tristan was walking in his swimming trunks, shirtless, he has a high booty. Um, it, it was a, it was a zesty walk. It was zesty. And the girls, the girls were saying it was very. It was a stank, feminine walk. He looked that, like okay for those of you who haven't seen it. He imagine a stallion that suddenly starts prancing around like a show pony instead. Right. It was giving show pony. Um, it, it was very high booty activity. Um, I, I will say this as someone who has had, you know, Carlos, we're we're pro 
uh, Liga Biga Tiga, the LGBT community, and we we love yes. them. And so this is not being homophobic. This is also saying I've had several male friends who were rubbing on everything and then discovered they were rubbing on everything because they couldn't really commit because they liked something else. And so knowing Chloe's like, it would be unfortunate if he realized that there's a reason why he doesn't know why he's poking everything walking. Um, and I'm, I'm just saying that I'm opening up the floor for us not to be anti and to open up the floor for maybe Tristan's working through some emotions for real, right? He also made it a point of mentioning that he'd spent two years in therapy. I'm nervous about what that therapist is going to find out. Um, and it was very clear that Chloe said, you can't come back unless you get your 50 lashings on television every single week for the next two months. So by the time you do come back, we have shown how sorry you are. And what really annoyed me, and I'm, I, and y'all know that I only bring up race because I, I'm breathing air. And so that's why it's relevant, right? Um, so <laughs> some of y'all don't understand that I'm not an angry Black woman. I'm actually an educated uh, human of the world. And unfortunately, anti-Blackness works into a lot of things subconsciously, right? I don't think that Chloe recognizes for someone from an academic mind mindset, it is a little off-putting seeing the stallion who got away getting the 50 lashes publicly to prove that he has been made uh, homebound and docile so that he doesn't leave again. Like, it, it, there's there's some imagery in that that makes me uncomfortable that if I ever had a conversation with Chloe off-camera, we would have a conversation. I will say, though, Tristan is doing it because he said it himself. He lost his mother and his his career all at once, right? His His, his chips were down. And unfortunately, there's something slightly predatory about knowing that somebody is compromised and is a wounded bird, and that's when you get them to come back into the cage. And so it really upsets me that while everybody's talking about poor Chloe, poor Chloe, this is still a man who lost his mother and his career, and we don't talk about how it feels when a man is being wounded because we're so busy prioritizing Chloe's wounds. We don't talk about the trauma that he objectively is going through despite having a dirty peen. Mm. He's still a person. Tristan is still a person. And yeah. if, if that was my son, who in the middle of mourning and loss was being groomed publicly for this apology tour just so the woman that he didn't want the first time could have him back without looking stupid, I would feel a way. She better hope that his ancestors um, still appreciate her money and don't come and haunt her in the middle of the night because my ancestors would be upset. So I get it, Tristan's the bad guy in this, but he's still a person, guys. And it feels predatory, objectively speaking. It feels very predatory for Chloe's benefit and her ego. So you believe that Tristan is possibly, right, being used to consciously, for the cameras, inflate Chloe's ego because she wants this man to go on national television to expose his apologies to her in a public forum because she could not handle the public embarrassment that was at the hands of him. Right. So redemption However, arc. It's called a redemption arc. Redemption arc. So mm -hmm. what you are also saying is the fact that if we if we take Chloe aside, right? This this woman who obviously was was cheating on, and some people do feel you reap what you sow because allegedly a lot of people feel that she does this, meaning she takes men away from the woman they're in a relationship with. Yeah. So when you think about Tristan and his trauma, he did say in this episode that he grew up in a household where he just didn't see men being faithful. And he thought it was a rite of passage as being a man. And Tristan also lost his job. He's not playing in the NBA anymore. 
he lost his mother, which as a, a as a as a boy who lost his mom, it is the most devastating thing you could ever experience. And not only, oh my gosh, I'm getting chills. Mm-hmm. Not only did this man lose his mother, he also had to within 24 hours be the caretaker of a handicapped brother. And exactly. at the end of the day, and, th- and this is this is not being disrespectful, and I want people to understand that's not my intention. Tristan did not sign up to be the sole provider of his handicapped brother. Because at the end of the day, that's that was that's not Tristan's responsibility in the sense of he did not father this this boy. So when the mother's sole responsibility was taking care of the handicapped child, at the end of the day, that's her responsibility because she gave birth to this boy. So all of a sudden, I lost my job. Um, I'm being called all these names in the press for my actions, right? Mm-hmm. But within 24 hours, I now have to take care of my handicapped brother for the rest of his life. And every decision that, that I make, I now have to consider my brother who will need to be taken care of if I choose to go to Vegas, if I choose to like, you know, leave the state of California. I now have this responsibility and no one's talking about that. And this huh. woman who I did wrong, who I care about, but probably don't know how to love properly. She and her family that has more money than God has swooped in and said, we'll take care of all this for you. Give you a job, help you redeem yourself publicly. You just have to make sure that you make Chloe whole. And I, I think the, the thing that there's a deal that was struck. Come on. The same way that allegedly Kim and Ray J did the thing because Kim owed uh, Brandy 120K. It feels like whenever there is trauma, there's a deal to be made and Chris Jenner's at the helm. What did I say the first time I was on here? The devil works hard. Chris Jenner works harder. Okay. And so I don't think the ESPN of it all, I don't think the apology tour of it all, none of it is organic, but some of it is subconsciously predatory because you know that his chips are down. This is the perfect time. And be, let's be honest. What does Chloe always complain about? And this is the most authentic thing she's ever said on camera. She always talks about how deregulated her emotions are. She's a cancer. They have lots of feelings. She always talks about how deregulated her emotions are because of the public embarrassment that she's endured from all the romantic L's that she's taken over the years and how her desirability is always being questioned. And I'm someone who's been in a relationship with someone who was a Tristan, not as bad as him, but someone dishonorable. And I realized on the other side of therapy and us breaking up that I only stayed that long because I needed to be right. People had been laughing at me for for sticking by him for so long. My ego, which I mistook for my heart, Needed to be right and say, see, it was all worth it in the end because we still figured it out. I didn't actually love this man. I just didn't want to be wrong. <gasps> I don't think Chloe actually even loves him as much as she thinks. She just doesn't. She needs a W. She needs a win. And the desire for a win is being conflated for loyalty and love. Whoa! Yeah. It broke my okay. heart. It broke my heart. You... Third time's a charm. You gag me every time <laughs> you're on my podcast. And um, I, I have to sit with that. Wow, Chloe may not be in love with Tristan. She, she may be in love with just being right and 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 the, the the desire to have a win because she's taken so many L's publicly. And I do agree with you. I don't think anything in that ecosystem called the Kardashians is happenstance. Mm-hmm. I 1000% agree that a meeting was had with Kris Jenner at the helm. And there was an exchange of opportunities. 
you are going to sign this appearance release to be on the show. And on this show, you are going to publicly pretty much get on your knees to beg for Chloe's forgiveness. And in exchange for my daughter not being stupid and and being right in the end. See, he wants me. I don't want him. He wants me. I don't want him. He begged him. me. He begged me, guys. You saw him begging me for five seasons. Yeah, I finally gave in. And in exchange for that, I will give you a job on ESPN, which is owned by Hulu and Disney, that airs their show. Huh. Yeah, mother. Look, I, I I worked in digital media for a long time. I've been in the press rooms when we've had to construct things. So I'm speaking from someone who's been at the table having to make some stuff up to create a narrative. Like this is not us pie in the sky, guys. This is how the industry works. And Carlos, you know that, right? So it's like interesting when you know how things work and you're watching it like, oh, I can see the storyboard. This is interesting. What happens next? And the thing that told on them, and this is where me being a little OCD is helpful. I can tell that Chloe and Kylie had the same talking points because they both made the exact same talking point. We're both we're good with Jordan. Like they, it was almost like a copy and paste that they were both reading the exact same bullet point. And what struck me about the we're good with Jordan bullet point, which really felt like a well-constructed curated paragraph both times that it happened in the same episode. You guys, if you're going to have the same talking points, at least make them different episodes so it's not so obvious. Um, you call me for consultations. But it's interesting that Chloe made it a point of saying... She apologized to me and I accepted it. And and my first thought was, where's the rest? Where's your apology to her? Mm. Because I don't think she's ever really acknowledged that you and your big, big, important friends got on television and attempted to bully a young black girl who you thought had no resources until the Smith swooped in. And had the Smiths not swooped in, she would not have been in the good place she is now. You could have destroyed her. A failed attempt is still an attempt, right? Attempted robbery, attempted murder, they still charge you, yes? Yeah. So just because the attempt failed doesn't mean you don't owe her an apology back. And, and even with Tristan talking about her, like she was a young girl, I shouldn't have. It was all just very sad to me because at the end of the day, we often forget that even hoey ass men are people. And I think. Again, we're, sh we're seeing how these girls in their quest for world domination have a tendency to dehumanize the men around them. They call it the Kardashian curse. Nobody can replace their father. So everybody else is just an archetype and a stand-in and, you know, blocking and lighting. And it, it's, it's all very, very sad. And what, what really struck me was the part where they pivoted to uh, Courtney's birthday party. Um, and they were like, and you know, Chloe's going to be 40 next year. I said, damn, sis, we still here? You're going to be 40 next year? And your 40th birthday gift is us watching Tristan move back in when he never moved out? Baby, that, baby, baby. Is that next baby. season? I don't... I don't listen, want it. I don't want it. I, 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 I think we can bet <laughs> everything in our bank account that they're getting back together. Yeah. Because common sense shows you that why is all of this happening if the end goal is just to say... Oh, we're we're good co-parenting. I do agree that I do see them getting back together. So what we do see, Blue, is he and Kylie had a conversation because Kylie kept telling Courtney, I mean not Courtney. <laughs> Kylie kept telling Chloe prior to her meeting with Tristan, I just want the best for you and I just think you deserve better. She's the most authentic part of that episode. Uh, Courtney was the most fun disaster to watch but i think kylie's love for her sister was so evident when she said she's magic i'm only doing this because chloe is magic and she deserves to be happy 
Yes. And, and it, yeah, and, she was telling the truth. I believe that. Yeah, and it made me sad for Chloe to be like, even your the baby sister of the family mm-hmm. is pitying even, you. In her 20s, is even like, I don't think any woman should deal with what you're dealing with. And yes, Tristan is nice and he's cool, but it's not even worth it. So Tristan and his Calabasas accent sat down Oof, and spoke that voice. to... Baby, he's from Canada, right? It's, it's it's like Toronto Calabasas. It's like Drake's leftovers. I don't like it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, don't like it. So he's he's talking to to Kylie. Kylie looks so uncomfortable. Like, why am I forced to speak to this grown ass man about what he does with his penis? Like, yeah. I don't even want this conversation. He apologizes to her, and in the midst of that conversation. One thing he said that literally struck me again, Blue, Tristan said, I want to gain the respect back of my family. And I kept rewinding it. He said, my family. And I thought to myself, the Kardashians is not your family. You're not even married to Chloe." And that's when it hit me. And everything you're saying leading up to this point is accurate in the sense of, this man really is doing whatever it takes so that next season, when he gets down on bended knee and proposes to her. Uh-huh. Yes, he, all of this blue is to be in the institution of the Kardashian family. It was a slip of the tongue that really showed me that's the intention. My family. They're not mm-hmm. your motherfucking family, dude. Do you know where else you hear the terms like my family use incorrectly when you're watching shows like Selling Sunset and you're seeing people like Amanza? Um, most toxic uh, companies call themselves your family. Isn't that true? Most times when you're working for a toxic corporation, they get you by convincing you that they are your family. So I think it tracks. He's a company man. Just like Scott Disick, who's on the world's longest uh, freaking goodbye tour. They keep bringing Maybe. him back. And, and that's by the way, the redemption of Scott has a has a has a crush on on on, on Chloe and Tristan is begging Chloe. The whole episode was, oh my god, all the men are so we all just want Chloe, we want Chloe so bad. It was so sad, y'all. And it was like even a girl Kim, who- Kim too. Even Kim saying, oh, Chloe's the most fun. I I, I want Chloe to be in her hot girl era. You're right. There. Oh my gosh, Blue. You're right. From Scott to Tristan to Kimberly, everybody is heralding Chloe as no she's this person because they all know she does not feel that way about herself i wonder if she was in the editing room because i'm like did chloe write the script like who said the bullet points because it's <laughs> ma'am sometimes as a writer you need somebody else to like read it to be objective it felt like she copied and edited the entire thing herself did the final edit said yep this is the episode everybody loves chloe that's the name of the episode everybody loves chloe not everybody loves ray but it's everybody loves <laughs> chloe everybody loves chloe it was heavy-handed honey Jesus himself could not get that many compliments in one episode. I was like, my goodness, what else did she do? Did she save a baby whale? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Chloe is magical. Chloe's the best thing ever. Oh, my God. The sun rises and sets on Chloe. And here comes Tristan. I just want to know I'm sorry for my penis. You know, I didn't have a father. I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is a lot of stereotypes being jammed into one episode, which is why um, I will say this. The, the, the fun part in all this was Kim Kardashian in the middle of the Chloe and Tristan apology tour. Honey is booked. Honey is winning. Honey is sought after, okay? She didn't even need a storyline. Her real life is the storyline. 
Kim said, while you are worried about chasing this community dick, I am out in the world collecting checks, collecting jobs, not sleep, but I... Kim showed the badass that she is. Oh, and honey. The thing, and the thing with Scott this season to me is the fact that Scott is also... I don't... Scott doesn't look healthy to me. He's the original Tristan. He lost his parents. He was sad. He stayed on a show. Like, they, they've done this before, guys. Like, this is not us being seatsayers. Like, we've seen it with Lamar, with Scott. Like, same thing. An orphaned man who's no longer technically with anybody, but he's still being called family. <sighs> One time is a fluke. Seven times in 27 seasons is a pattern. Let's call a thing a thing, beloved. Scott is the original Tristan. So him, I don't him, understand why Scott's on the show. Because, because Chloe needs him. <gasps> it used to be Courtney, but now Courtney has gotten the other community dick from down the street. So now Courtney, like he, they're just passing it around like a party blunt. He was there to prompt up Courtney. Now he's there to prompt up Chloe. Kim don't need him, child. Kim be like, what's up, Scott? I got my own storyline. She was not into the conversation when they were talking about like her script. She's a real life. <laughs> That's what it looks like when you have a real Even Kylie had a real life. She was like, okay, I did my thing. I'm going to go see Timothy in Paris. Bye, guys. Like, <laughs> the girls with the real lives barely said their bullet points. They were like, yeah, Chloe's the best. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. It was sad. I'm so happy that Courtney was in this episode, which shows, guys, the first episode y'all saw me in, it wasn't because I hated Courtney. I just am not someone who can lie, right? So I told the truth about her then, and we're going to tell the truth about her now because I knew her Aries recklessness was going to be the part of the programming that I needed. She got the same document, but you could tell she read it in an angry voice. Oh, baby, she <laughs> took them beats. So in reality TV, we call them beats when you when you have a a an intention, when you're when you're filming a scene, they're called beats that you talk about with the talent. So Courtney took her beats, and to your point, she made it her own. Cap locks, she made them like, like cap locks. Yes, it's like when your teacher says, "Do not copy verbatim from the book. Cite your sources and make it your own." That's what Courtney did. So then it was Courtney's chance to have her sit down with Tristan and you could tell that Courtney is not taking this shit seriously. She's laughing upon entry. She has a notebook that she got from Walgreens. She has her big ink pen and she said, are you nervous? And he's like, yeah, bitch, because I'm pretty sure you're not going to follow the script that Chloe and Chris Jenner wrote, allegedly. allegedly. So I, I am nervous because you already are the wild card in the family. So one thing he says to Courtney that almost made me throw my laptop into the fireplace. This man says every time he cheats, he feels disgusted the next day. Yeah, I was triggered by that too. I was like, oh, man. I don't know if you're disgusted because of the amount of condoms that's in the hotel brothel <laughs> where you're sleeping with these women is disgusting. I don't know if you're disgusted because you have a hangover the next day and then you really get to see how this woman looks who looks good in the club lighting. I don't know if you're disgusted because the next day you see all of these missed phone calls from Courtney. I'm sorry, Chloe. See, I'm like I'm like Tristan. Who do I want to bang out of the sisters? Well, or should I, I say Travis? Oh, yes. Allegedly. Yeah, tra allegedly. Allegedly. So are you disgusted because you see the missed calls from Chloe? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go on this show and once again grovel back to her because that's the only way I'm going to get paid 
income because he's not getting paid income to do the NBA job because he no longer has it. Tristan's getting paid to be on this show. Absolutely. So what did you feel about that? This man saying, I feel disgusted the next day. If anything disgusts me, I'm not going to continue doing it if I feel so disgusted. Unless you're contractually obligated by the, the biggest conglomerate in the world and, and entertainment. Um, I feel like, honestly, I feel like it's a sex addiction. I feel like Tristan has a sex addiction, a lot of unresolved trauma, um, and has made a deal with the devil, proverbially speaking. And I do feel like sometimes he does probably wake up feeling disgusted by his choices, but it's not because of the sex. It's because of, he's like, how did I get myself here? I've cheated on her again, even though on camera we're pretending we're not together anymore. I got to go practice my lines on the, on the Uber ride, the black car service over to the set. Um, I got to go pick up Kim's kids because that's my storyline with her is that I pick up her kids because she won't talk to me otherwise. Um, like, it's a lot to do today. He's probably a little depressed. I do think that Tristan, I'd be a little depressed too, friend. It's a lot to do on a Tuesday. So I do believe he wakes up disgusted, but I don't think it's because of the, the warm body next time. It's because of the, the, the totality of the deal that he struck. And he realizes that this is going to be the next couple of years of his life. He is forever tethered to them the same way Scott was, the same way Lamar always was, like almost was. There's so much to be said about how these men get entrapped during weakened moments and how the scandals actually create the perfect platform for them to become indentured servants. And so um, that's why I loved Pete so much because Pete was such a wild card that you could tell he was only there because he wanted to be there. You know what I mean? You could tell the men who want to be there versus the men who have to be there. They move different. Pete Davidson wanted to be there and, 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 and perhaps he saw how the machine was operating and said, I, I got to go. He has mental he, health issues. His therapist probably told him to get out, to be honest. I always thought that Pete was, was pulled out by his therapist or somebody who cared about him because that machine will eat up somebody who's healthy and he's not. Interesting. I think the only man who wanted to be there and did not succumb to the pressures is also Chris Humphrey. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's his God, though. He's, he, he's a, a church boy. Somebody probably laid hands and prayed on him to pull him out. But yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me because when you think about the men who have been on the show, the ones who lasted long, and by long, I mean having a contract to appear on the show, Scott Disick, um, Lamar, Rob, the brother, yeah. um, Chris Humphreys literally was hated by them because he was the anti-Kardashian. He, he called out... The bullshit and the nuance. He had integrity. He had integrity. He's a church-going man who had integrity, and his God wouldn't let him serve someone else. I'm not even super Christian, and I saw that. I was like, no, he's too God-fearing. That's not going to work. The deals you have to make, you can't go to church on Sunday after that. I'm not saying they're bad people. I still live for the glamour of, of it all, but there's a little bit of soul-crushing concessions that have to be made to be part of that machine. And it's also a toxic matriarch. We talk about toxic patriarchs all the time, but I said previously, because... Uh, the original Robert Kardashian left. The woman, Chris took over, right? And there's a toxic matriarch system where the women are actually the ones who are the power structure and the men are the accessories. It's almost like a flip of regular society. And so, yeah, what happens usually if we flip the genders, we would totally understand it. That's what's crazy. If the Kardashians were men and these uh, dating people, these lovers, these coming in and out folks were women, we would totally see it as clear as day. But because the genders are switched, it's harder and more covert. Because we don't think of women as being that that conniving, that strategic, um, that power hungry, all the things that we associate with men. These women are learning from Chris. And so it's harder for us to pinpoint it and easier for us to see it as endearing. 
I'm blown away by all of this. I'm fascinated as as well, and that also explains the the, the Bruce Jenner transitioning into into Caitlyn. Mind you, he felt this. Bruce at the time felt this way prior to being married to Chris. But to your point, when you are the matriarch of this institution, yep, right. Um. And you're raising these women to follow orders because of the money and the and the and the amount of access that you have. And I'm with you. I love them. It's great television. I love the glamour, the access, and 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 the hustle bustle. But one thing that you and I do in this podcast is we take it from a psychological standpoint. So when I think about that, and I think about the many men who have come and gone, and how. I literally, and I, and, I, and I want you to help me because I may be wrong. I don't know a man that has been a part of that infrastructure that has come out of it unscathed. Yeah. And, and the one who did is very annoyed with them, right? Chris is very annoyed. Um, Steve, uh, what's his name? Uh, the one from SNL, I forget, Pete. Pete, Pete, I call, Pete, I call, Pete. I call him Steve sometimes. Pete is, was a free bird, so he was a wild card to begin with. Like, he wasn't part of the game plan. Kim did not expect to be so charmed by him. You could tell. It was like, oh, we got to work him into the script now because we didn't expect this. So it's it's interesting that the two men who made it out, one is such a wild card, it was impossible for you to cage him down. The other one's so God-fearing, he couldn't stomach it. Ye, who understands the machine, um, if you talk to him or if you've heard him talk after he left, some of the stuff he's saying in the middle of those rants is not all wrong. Like, there's a couple of times when you'll hear Kanye rant about stuff about the Kardashians and how they work, where you're like, even though I think you're in the middle of an episode, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So if you really, really think about it, there are some themes that all the men have in common, right? But what happens, there's a thing called trauma bonding, where the very person who abuses you is also the one who wants to be your salvation. People use that word incorrectly. Trauma bonding is not bonding about a bad boyfriend in the bathroom at a club. So because there's so much trauma bonding happening with these women where they are taking advantage of you, but then also being your nurturer and your savior when shit hits the fan, it makes it really tricky for you to get out because you're like, damn, I don't want to be a part of this, but I'm in a position now where this is all I have left. This is all I have left and this is all I know. And and it, it, it takes me, when I say to you, Blue, you are a bad bitch. One thing that I just thought about is Robert Kardashian Sr. And how, and I don't know if a lot of people know this. Yes, they know that Chris had an affair um, on Robert, but I don't think a lot of people know this. Robert Kardashian Sr. hired a private investigator to snoop on Chris because he was suspecting that something wasn't wasn't right in -hmm. terms of their marriage. He discovered that Chris was cheating on him with with a with a young person. He the 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 guy was much younger, like in his 20s, I think a soccer player, soccer not soccer player, soccer coach, tennis coach, one of those things. And it took Robert Kardashian Sr., a powerful man, a powerful attorney, to know that my wife cheated on me once and he divorced her immediately. And I always thought that was interesting. Like, well, why didn't he make it work? Like, okay, she made a mistake. She made a mistake. Based on this conversation I'm having with you, I think Robert knew. You cheating on me has nothing to do with, with, with a sex thing. It was a power move. Exactly. It was a power move. And I think 
I don't know what Robert discovered in that private investigation, but I think Robert discovered that this woman, to your point, Blue, you're so smart, this woman plays like the big boys that, that that I am in the country club with, that I go golfing with, that I'm in the courtroom with. I think he was so disturbed that who he thought was like this Susie homemaker yep. that took care of all the kids um, had enough, had enough. Ooh, she was so secretive and got away with it. And she was so maniacal. She did everything that I know men do that I think in his heart of hearts, I could never trust her again. He knows an, He's a lawyer. He knows an adversary when he sees one. And let's be honest, the girls have hinted at this for years. They have! They always say that our dad was such a good man, but they got left with the conniving one when he passed. And they, she groomed them and made them successful and made all their dreams come true. They were the original prototype. What they're doing to the men, Chris, it's to them. I'm the only thing you got. Daddy's gone, right? And I have the keys to the kingdom. You coming or not? And they're now giving that same speech. It's like Mary Kay. <laughs> it's like an MLL scheme. The same thing she did to them, they're now doing to other people. And in a weird way, I feel bad for the whole ecosystem because the head of the snake is really Chris. And I'm impressed by her because I like strategy. Like, strategically speaking, she's brilliant, right? She's probably one of the most brilliant. We always joke oh, that Chris Jenner oh. is a brilliant mastermind, but I don't think people sit with it because she's still a woman. I don't think people really sit with how much of a mastermind she is. Chris Jenner, in my opinion, you can quote me on this. Chris Jenner is the most brilliant person of the 21st century. Not 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 um not Steve Jobs, not Jeff Bezos, not Elon Musk, not Bill Gates. You are right, Blue. The reason why Chris Jenner will go down in history as the most brilliant person, because I'm with you, if she had a penis. We would be heralding her on the covers of magazines and worshiping her Absolutely. the way they do these men. Chris Jenner is the most brilliant, whether you call it evil brilliance or not. She is so brilliant because this woman with no with no college education. Let's talk about it. Because most of the men that I named went to college and have a degree. This woman with no college education single-handedly took her daughters, okay, and created a multi-billion dollar industry to the point where when when um when Bruce Jenner at the time he was Bruce, when Bruce Jenner went to E and said, I want I'm transitioning into Caitlyn to a woman and I want to do a show. And the head of E said, okay, I have to talk to Chris first. Yep. And, and what that meant, guys, is the head of the network, E, all of E, could not make a decision about that show without getting Chris's approval. So Caitlyn's show that lasted, I think, one or two seasons at the most. It was weird. It was a weird show. I tried to watch it. I couldn't. It, it was not good at all. Um, Chris had to approve it. Black China Rob show was pitched from Black China's attorney, allegedly. And when they brought it to E, E called Chris and said, just so you know, we're being pitched as Black and China Rob show. And all of a sudden, Chris Jenner was the EP along with the sisters. So we don't talk about how this woman, who was a housewife, took 
her children and made them billionaires. And one thing she said on this season was she looks at her kids and she wonders sometimes if she made a mistake because they're not happy. Yeah. Ah. The thing about Chris is I feel people are like, well, you must hate her. No, I actually feel neutral because my shock and awe and mild disdain for the lack of morality in some of it is like counterbalanced by how deeply impressed I am by the brilliance. And I don't know what that says about me. Like, I'm always going to in some way clap for talent regardless of how it's being used. And I do think that she was the original prototype. She pulled it off. Kim was her 2.0. Kylie was her 3.0. Courtney and Chloe, they just are the mezzanine level. They, they play around with that. Rob, we didn't even need him because I'm making it in my image. You know how God made Jesus in his image? It feels very much like that. It, it's a God complex. Chris Jenner's legacy is forever, forever steeped in history because she's made several iterations of herself and spread them out globally. With minimal talent, these girls are learning on the job. Working hard and being talented are not the same thing. They're learning on the job. They're failing upwards. Usually only men can help their children fail upwards. Chris Jenner cracked patriarchy out, guys. Like, it's a big deal. But because she's a woman, nobody's talking about it. Yeah. So poor Tristan. Poor mumble mouth, high booty Tristan. Never stood a chance. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he's on an apology tour. Full circle. Okay, so I have the best. I have to invite you back because we're going to... I didn't know that at the end of this episode, it would be the you... It would be you and I cracking the code of Chris Jenner. How all roads leads back to Chris Jenner. You and I need to do a future episode on the mind of Chris Jenner because I'm with you. I'm fascinated, like beyond fascinated by what she's cultivated and... I'm with you. I don't hate Chris. I don't hate the Kardashians. I actually love them. I'm impressed. The thing thing is this. Every powerful person in the world, they have something interesting about them that you either love or hate. Right? It is what it Mm -hmm. is. No powerful person becomes powerful because they always play nice in the sandbox. It, It doesn't work out that way. Right? It just doesn't. Power requires concessions to be made. It's impossible to be powerful without making concessions. Um, and power is polarizing. So you know you're powerful when you've had to make some deals that made you have to hold your breath a little bit. And some people love you, some people hate you. That's power. If everybody likes you, you're not powerful. You're probably the water girl. Like, that's not how that works. If everybody likes you, you're not powerful. You are mm-hmm. the water girl. Mm-hmm. Crunching a thirst and being powerful are two very different things. Oh, oh bl- blue. Okay, so raindrops. Tweet Blue and I and let us know if you want us to dedicate an episode to the mind of Kris Jenner, where she and I will do a deep dive from her childhood to now, because every step she has taken, like Blue has intimated, has worked because they learned on the job and they failed up in some cases. Because we'll get into this credit card that they had that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. No, that's a whole nother episode for the a whole nother day. Uh-huh. Bay, baby, Blue, this was another genius episode brought by you. I, I, I'm i gagging. I'm going to have to sit on this for a second. But once and for all, let the world know where they can find you, follow you, and support you, my love. 
Okay, well, first thing is I, my gut is telling me the Chris Jenner episode should come after the finale because we want to see her endgame for this season, child. We wanna, okay. I need to I need to see the board mapped out so I can see. So where did she take us this season? Okay. Because <laughs> mother, ha- mother has a story arc. You know she has a, a grand finale for us. And I, I can't wait to see what that is. I'm nervous. Um, if you guys want to find me, you can find me at Blue Centric. I'm an emotional intelligence coach. So there's a link on that Blue Centric on Instagram and Twitter. And at Blue Toulouse on TikTok, where you can sign up with me to take emotional intelligence classes, because what I'm doing with Carlos here is a, is, a, is a muscle. Everybody can be this emotionally intelligent. It just takes practice. Please follow her. Like, please. She is a <laughs> pop culture phenomenon. She's highly educated. And like she said, she's a coach and she looks at things from a, a, a deep psychological standpoint in addition to astrology. So, yes, honey. We <laughs> I'm having all the fun, girls. Astrology, psychology, emotional intelligence. Let's get into it. I like people. I like humanizing people. Yes, 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 yes. And thank you, Raindrops, for listening. You'll catch us next time. I'll see y'all soon. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and yes, baby, my YouTube channel where you can get all of my visuals, baby, my expressions. Yes. And don't forget, tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag Reality with the King. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. Kingdom Reign Entertainment, baby! In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.